0: What do you think of what's
1: going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason Moral. There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this Pink Guy? Is this what Pink is? I don't you fucking know what's happening. <laughs> Please go outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because
0: I want to do this way. Well, I ain't spending any time, mate. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoistead for tax purposes. And
2: I'm Joel Hill, and today we have a very special guest who is a worker at the very pointy end of public health in Victoria. He's not an administrator, he doesn't push pencils, but he is a man who worked on the floor of a major public hospital when COVID cases spun out of control.
0: Yes, John, as we will call him, Mm. has many stories of the vast ordeals public health teams faced while performing major surgery as hospitals were forced to deal with life-threatening moments in the full chaos of a pandemic.
2: Yeah, yeah, fuck that. And John has much to say of interest to all our listeners on how the public health system continued to make itself available to everyone, that's right, cookers, including Mm -hmm. those who refused vaccination but were cared for anyway, despite their screams otherwise. And, of course, this came at a huge cost in labour and resources.
0: That's the and true part. Afterwards, they had the fucking temerity to be rude to everyone who saved their dismal fucking lives.
2: I oh know, isn't it just fucking sickening? And despite having a health work on the podcast this week, I am still drinking craft beer at high volumes. And big thanks to our beer sponsor, CB Co, for throwing in a few small ales because I've had way too many last week. It was <laughs> just. Really indulgent. Uh, and it's we're, just.
0: We're trying to talk about health here, Joe. I
2: know. I Look, so look, I'm having a mid strength today because, uh, you know. Look, oh, well, there you go. The CB Co. Small owl is a, it's a good mid. <laughs> so, you know, it's delicious and uh, low calorie.
0: Well, when we talk about when we talk about John, uh, and, and uh, one of the things he says about uh, dealing with uh, anti-vaxxers, cookers, etc., is he goes, "This is why I drink." This is I why drink. I
2: drink. Yeah, that's mm. right.
0: Yeah. Anyway, while Joel is uh, now getting his beer for free, we'd just like to remind our listeners that this show is also free, but we would love you to throw a few dong. Our way. We accept dong, don't we, Joe? I think we do accept dong. It's the dong.
2: funniest currency. Of course I'm going to it take it. It is hilarious. It's almost as good as a Hilarious international these.
0: currency, the yeah. dong. So, okay. we, uh, you know, so th- please throw a few dongs our way. Yeah,
2: yeah. If you uh, put a VPN on, you can probably actually pay in dong. But if you simply just go to www.patreon.com backslash conditional release program. Of course, just search Patreon conditional release program. For as little as $5 a monthly access to all manner of patent content, we just did a show then, and it includes a, hopefully a weekly peer episode. Sometimes we miss one. Zoom calls every month and just chats and access, you know, parasocial relationship. Get around it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and get on that. Please, listeners, so we can continue to bring you excellent content like the following interview I did with John, a surgical theatre technician at one of Melbourne's biggest public hospitals, and the utter madness the pandemic wrought while cookers lost their minds outside.
2: Mm -hmm. So without any further ado, here it is, listeners. I'm not doing another beer plug. We're getting straight into it. This is our Deeper Dive interview for the week. And look, we are proud of it. I really, really enjoyed are. editing it because listening to this was a really great thing. I usually hate editing, but this was fantastic. We are proud of John for all the work he's done. And we think you should give it a bit of a nudge on social media, you know, give it a bump because this is a really important insider's hand account of a really important time in history and it needs to be heard.
1: I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question and keep looking for the answers because it's irrelevant
0: well good day, listeners and joining me today we have the very uh, great honor of interviewing john it's not nice his real name but that's okay and john works in victoria's public health system uh, and he is a, a theater technician and auto transfusion technician you might, uh, look. firstly, thanks for joining us today, uh, John. No problems. Uh, but you might just want to start off by telling us what you do.
1: All right. So a theatre technician um, helps with the setup and sort of organise and configuration of the operating theatre. So there's there, could, there's there can be a fair amount of variation depending on what you're up to. So if you're doing what we would just call a basic laparotomy, so if you're just, you know, opening someone up who's got like a bowel obstruction or something, that can be a pretty basic setup all the way up to major brain surgery or, you know, uh, transplant work. Transplants. Yeah, yep. we'll, we can particularly get into that. Um, and so that's that's normally the role I do. The autotransfusion element of it is we have a machine called a cell saver, which um, if you're bleeding out rather than pumping you full of units, so, you know, units of blood, which is a finite resource and, you know, it's, it's, there's never enough to go around, And it can sort of come in peaks and troughs. Sometimes the hospital only has you know a certain number of units and may need to triage them. So one of the options we can do there is essentially, if you're bleeding out, we can slurp that up, stick it in a machine. This is very much layman terms. Um, Spin (laughs) it and you know. Slurping. Mm. Slurping. Yeah, there we go. It's 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 from it's from the original root Latin. Um, (laughs) So that yeah, we can we can slurp that up. You know, put some anticoagulants in it. You know, spin it um, and refine it. You know, back into some of its base elements, and then give it back to you, so that it's it's so that it's less of a of a burden on the um, on the finite supply of blood that's out there.
0: So, so, your job really revolves around some tried and true problem solving exercises. Yeah. Uh, regarding the deficiency, it might be a good time now to remind our listeners if they're not blood donors to uh, give that very, very serious consideration. We also might um, uh, urge our listeners to complete the online form in regard to organ Yes, donations please. as well. Yes, please. Those things are very, very
1: important. They save lives. I so blood and organ um, donation really do. They make a massive difference. I've I've worked in both. I've worked in, well, say, both fields in Victoria. We we do liver transplant is based out of the Austin and heart transplant is based out of the Alfred. I have had the pleasure of working at both sites in my career. And yeah, being being able being on that list and being sort of you know willing to to donate those organs should should. um tragedy strike and you're in a but and you know you are you're how to put this um you're in a position where you yourself are definitely going to pass but you may be able to give the gift of life to others absolutely yeah that's ultimately it's probably one of the most generous things people can do so if they've ever been considering that yeah it's it's on the website you can it's very very simple to do i've done it i have I have i have the card in my wallet and yes please give it some serious consideration
0: if you're in new south wales and i'm not sure about the rest of australia but if you're in new south wales and you just simply tick the uh, box on your driver's license that's really not enough you need to go a, a little bit further and get on the website and make that donation your gift could save lives very very briefly i just want to tell a story wonderful story really that extended the life of mark colvin one of the great journalists in Australia and a friend of mine um, who uh, was uh, covering um, the genocide in Rwanda and picked up a very, very nasty disease there that was uh, not diagnosed for for many, many months. He was very, very, very ill in England um, and lost, among other things, a great deal of his kidney function. It was only when a donor came forward, a woman that he actually interviewed, on uh, when he was host of uh, PM at the ABC, and uh, a woman that he interviewed, they struck up a bit of a conversation afterwards, and she went away and quietly did the test to determine uh, if her kidney would work with Mark's, and it did, um, uh, Mark had the, uh, had the operation. Uh, he was spared the three or four days of dialysis every week, um, where he used to famously tweet from, with a great many followers on Twitter, and, uh, and then, of course, we saw him afterwards and uh, his life had changed so dramatically. It was just a wonderful thing to see. In the end, cancer got him and, uh, and he died uh, some years ago and it was a cataclysmic event for the media, I think. Uh, generally, it was the death of one of our greats. But he did have his life extended by this extraordinary gift uh, of, a, of, a, of an organ donation. Uh, John, just tell me, what was it like? I mean, look, let's start off by saying thank you for everything that you do. Oh, thanks. But what was it like um, uh, at the very pointy end of surgery uh, in a major hospital during the the period, the the, the first year of of COVID, the pandemic had struck and um, there was a a, a number of fatalities uh, very early on. There were no vaccines. What was it like to be working in the public health system at that time?
1: Um, it was pretty tense. So um, I won't I won't name the specific hospital, but I was in a big inner city hospital with right. a very very large operating theatre suite. So we had we had twelve theatres. Um, so initially, what we were doing was obviously anything that could get postponed got postponed. So I think we I think we dropped down to six theatres, which so obviously half our workload. Then you know so. We're now down to half our workload to a little extent. Initially, we were sitting around, you know, for the first couple of weeks. It wasn't much twiddling thumbs, but it was, you know, we were finding sort of, you know, tasks to do. And like everyone else, we were looking at the media and wondering, shit, where's this going to go? Mm. Um, And we were seeing things that were coming out of New York and coming out of some of the other larger population centers. And we were just wondering, okay, is, is this going to get this bad? and then sort of the call came out um, to, to the people who could so um, in my role my role doesn't so much translate out of theater too much but whereas, whereas so whereas a bunch of our nurses so anyone who who was ICU trained you know they were they were sort of initially they were given the option to you know volunteer to to go or to, Working, to, to be, work in emergency be, medicine yeah yeah and, to be and dealing to be, with
0: covid cases
1: yeah yeah to be to be um, reallocated to, um, to either work the the COVID ICU, which which was rapidly you know getting uh, procedures and things written for it almost on the fly in those initial um, in those initial months, or you know go down and work in, in in ED or on this newly established COVID ward, we saw a little we saw a fair amount of attrition. As in, so uh, you know at that point, some of the younger nurses who were just kind of I suppose in their initial training and trying it on, a bunch of those went. Maybe this isn't for me. And we also saw a bunch of, you know, the the older nurses, you know, the the older work, the older people who were working with us. They either were experiencing a lot of um, a lot of anxiety about that, and in some cases, it kind of shook some people out of the tree. Who were like, "I was waiting for a moment to retire. Now's probably a good one." So we saw a little bit Mm -hmm. of that. Um, Now, what specifically happened in our situation was uh, initially, when I mean, beyond the vax, it was more about the test. And so what we then ha- had happened was, you know, because initially I think the turnaround time for a PCR was, I think, something like six hours. It's now, you know, gotten down to, I think, 45 minutes. And, and obviously the yes. rat test, while, you know, while not being as accurate, that now takes minutes. So that's, that's fine. Um, but initially yes. it was the whole thing of, you know, if we have someone who, say, had a heart attack or had a brain bleed, we need to get them on the table and we don't have time to wait so we are going to operate as yes. if they've got COVID. Mm-hmm. And so for us um, as theatre staff, it was this whole kind of, it was this whole process of what we call donning and doffing where, you know, you would put on, you, you everyone would gown up, you would put on the full N95 or if we had them the, oh, what were they called, the PAPA masks, which are sort of the more enclosed breathing sets. They are almost literally what you've seen. Like a dual,
0: almost like a dual carriage respirator. Oh no, 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 no! Um, I'm thing. not even.
1: I'm more thinking the whole thing with the face shield. Have you ever seen a film where people are going into into yeah, the yeah. hot zone? You know, I'm so sorry, yeah, almost literally. Mm. If you remember the old film outbreak, it was you know literally one yes. of those full drop down with its own ventilator mm. that's strapped to the back to your back, and someone could come up and replace the power pack for you. You would kind of back your way. Out to the back of a door, you would poke your someone would come up, mm. un, you, know, un- you know, unclick, you know, um, grab a new power pack, slot that on, slot new one in, and then you just kind of walk back forward. So yeah, we were doing
0: right. So 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 the presumption was in the absence of a CPR test, um, uh, the the the. The presumption was that a patient who was being operated on may have COVID. We, 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 would,
1: we would presume they have it until we have confirmation that they don't. But even then, we had there was a couple of incidences didn't happen at the hospital I worked at where halfway through they got told. PCR test has come back and it's negative, and everyone went, "Oh, good," and took their masks off. Whew. And then it turned out to be no. to be a false negative, and half the staff got it. Ah. so
0: how long are your shifts? I mean, this is something that, presumably hasn't changed. But how long were those uh, well, shifts?
1: Shift is, we did well, okay. So what I know for a fact was okay. So we had a lot of disaster planning for if it goes bad right and at that stage we were talking about putting us on 14 hour shifts mm. and you know or, you know 14 hour shifts and then essentially doing all of your work you know in over like a th- over a 3 day period and then not coming back for 3 days because it would mean if if a whole block catches covid or needs to isolate we could slot new people in so it wouldn't mean that you had a, you know all the staff there all the time Yes. So, so it would mean that if, if we had an outbreak of work, which did definitely, which did happen, mm. if we had an outbreak, it would take out, you know, a third of us, not 80% of us, and then we'd be unable to operate. Because one of the big concerns that we have, yeah, look, a lot of the big specialities, well, let's say, for example, brain. In Victoria, at any one point, in terms of people who have, who have worked up, you know, who are consultant brain surgeons, there's maybe 30 of these guys. Yeah. So if all of them catch COVID at the same time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have you know, a them calamity catch COVID, on your hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, if all of them catch COVID at the same time or a good chunk of them catch COVID, we have lost the ability to do major brain surgery in Victoria. Mm. You know, people are going to die of stuff which they normally wouldn't have. And that's, you know, um, yeah, and that that duly applies for major heart surgeons. I don't. I think the numbers are higher. I think the numbers are don't do not quote me. Um, I think the numbers. I think there's something like maybe eighty. You know, and this is this is statewide. So obviously, I think there's maybe sixty to eighty. You know, qualified. You know, heart. You know, um, heart specialists. Yes. And if if they had a convention or something, or if they're all just hanging out in the tea room, and then it turns out one of them's yeah. caught COVID, that. Yeah. And yeah. again, you know, it's the whole sort of thing of a lot of these guys are older, they've got, you know, other health factors. And if they catch COVID unvaxxed, they could well be on the ventilator, they could well be dying. And then you know, we've got we've lost a chunk of our very vital experienced workforce. So you know, we were all deathly afraid of, you know, catching it and spreading it. So during that initial 2020 period, um, it was, uh, you know, doing even very, very simple, basic surgery still took like six hours so doing something very simple like let's say an emergency appendectomy a case which you can normally bang out in say 45 minutes via laparos, you know via laparoscope that then ballooned out to being a six you know the theater was shut down for six hours Mm. because you would then have to you know you know not only would you you would need to recover the patient in the room you know, kind of get them That's completely right. masked up, that- then take them to the COVID ward. Then you would need to decontaminate the whole room either by traditional methods or by this UV cleaning robot that they went out and bought us—the magic COVID-killing light bulb
0: Robots, Okay, it's
1: robot. The
0: traditional methods were
1: um, oh, just you know, uh, bleach, Glen and twenty, just, Glen, Glen twenty well, spray, sort of, and- you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bleach and, you know, uh, bleach, bleach and elbow yeah. grease. It was yes. just, okay. you know, wheeling right. that in there and just, right. you know, cleaning the ever-living shit out of everything. There's there's still a bunch of operating theatre equipment that we've got now, which is which is weirdly discoloured. And we're like, why is that a fun shade of orange? And you're like, oh, COVID, man. That's because it got, it got the ever-loving shit blasted out of it with with really right. high-end chemicals that we normally don't use. And it's all <laughs> those things where there's nothing actually wrong with it, so there's no point, you know, replacing it.
0: So these were... These are extraordinary times. There's a, 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 an immense amount of planning going on, Yeah, a, a driven by caution and driven by an understanding that, that there could be a significant collapse in various sectors of surgery at any given time.
1: Well, but, but also, Jack, one of the things which, which we were told and which I learned we had a situation where we were told where if you have COVID and you need a particular variety of, of heart surgery that needs a bypass, At the time, we had no way of ensuring that that bypass machine could be 100% sterilized in a way that it it wouldn't have, you know, COVID in it. Mm. And so we were told that, no, if you need a particular surgery, they're actually, you know, but but then, because then of course, because you also had the global slowdown, the global disruption, we were told that, no, no, that bypass machine would need to be junked and a replacement was nine months to a year away. So, so act- was
0: was there rolling of the dice there, or were there absolute rules that were followed?
1: Again, to uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's it's a situation that, that never need that never came up. Right. But it would have been you know almost like a triage moment where yeah. you know people higher above than us on the ground would have would have come together and said, "All right, this guy's potentially got COVID. He needs you know his his LAD has 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 split all the way up to the breastbone." So, we're going to have to put him on bypass. What do we do here? It's like, well, do we sacrifice essentially one of these machines which cannot be replaced?
0: I see, yeah. Which means
1: then that we can only run, rather than running two to three cardiac theaters, we can now only run two because the mm. machine's out and we can't do it anymore. What do we do in that situation? Now, Now, luckily, at the site where I was working at the time, that was a question that never needed to get answered.
0: You didn't have to make that decision because that's a huge decision to make, isn't it? But it
1: It was, yeah. But it was hovering around, and Mm. so yeah. So a lot of this stuff, a lot of these bombs never dropped, but you know they could well have. And this is—it's one of the things which I, which I look—I've got. It's outside my scope of practice a little bit. I have a brother who works in. I'll, I'll, I'll come say. I have a brother who works at ESTA, so and he was so that's the emergency services telecommunications authority, right. and and so he was keeping me informed of some of the disaster planning that was coming, you know, down the line, and you know, there's the whole sort of thing of if it got as bad as New York, and. Mate, there were there were plans in spot to essentially roll out the army. There was plans in spot for you know if if you if you thought the Cookers lost it at the ideas of not being able to go out you know only only five um, kilometres, it was literally going to be papers, please. It was you know that you know if it gets as bad as New York, I mean I mean mm. another another fun fact which a lot of people don't actually realise in Victoria most of the most of the large hospitals so Alfred, Austin, um, I think Danden- uh, Dandenong, certainly Frankston. They're all 100 years old. They are specifically built next to very large parklands because they were all built around the time of the Spanish Mm. flu. And Mm. so those parklands are there for, you know, specifically for if we need to build tent wards. Or and if things go really, really bad, dig mass graves, mate. Mm.
0: Very nasty. But all these things on the table.
1: They were all on the table and, and I said we were all seeing all of this happen in in places like New York. We, we all we all saw the footage of them taking the wooden caskets out, digging a trench and and, and you know all, all of these refrigerated trucks backed up outside major New York. Well, that's what, and it, it's
0: indeed what we saw in New York. It's indeed what we saw in Italy. It's yeah. indeed uh, but much of North, uh, much of uh, southern Italy in particular. Yeah. Um uh, and, and Turkey again um in and around Ankara. Uh, and this is where these. This is where basically the shit did hit the fan.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel like that could have been us, <laughs> you know. So I it, and
0: look. We're, we're, I've just been having long and, in, in, and involved arguments about lockdowns and <laughs> and, the, and the necessity of them, and certainly in that first period, I've come to the view that I'm perfectly comfortable supporting lockdowns in some ways. There are there are other things that. perhaps... You know, so other things attached to them that that uh, I I I would just dispute. Yeah, we can talk about what why curfews were introduced and stuff with it all So sounds a bit nonsensical.
1: We can armchair all of that shit. We can you know we can we can do all you know. I said not an ep- I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't pretend to be one on the internet. But <laughs> you know, all I know is that you it's a know, great place to pretend. Oh, absolutely, way. yeah. You yeah. know, all I all I know is that. The numbers went up and mm. you know, me as a frontline healthcare worker was feeling the pressure. And then, you know, the lockdowns came in, numbers went back down again, and we had those zero days. <sighs> Look, you can you can say whatever you like, you know, in regards to to lockdowns or about some of the specifics of it. At no point did anyone hand me a shovel and say, John, today your job is to, is job to walk across to, is, is, is to walk across to the park. And help dig a very big pit, mm. and I genuinely feel like you know lockdown, you know the you know the, the procedures that, it, that the government took are a large reason as to why.
0: Absolutely, and yeah. I, and I think we were well served by geography, which is yeah, really yeah. just a bit of luck, oh, yeah, um, rather than anything else, because you're a whopping great island, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. Uh, whereas uh, these cases were raging in North America and, uh, and Europe and later Asia. Yeah. And, and then we move forward to the vaccine period and um, our vaccine rollout started quite slowly, of course. Um, uh, first, I think, first uh, sleeve to be rolled up might have been Scott Morrison's and I think that was very early January in 2021. <laughs> And, um, uh, and then the vaccine rolled out to sort of spluttering along the way, along issues around AstraZeneca, um, particularly for younger uh, recipients of that particular vaccine being identified mm. and dealt with. Um, there were some deaths, but cardiologists and emergency medical specialists determined how to get around it. I mean, again, we get into that problem-solving area and, and how you beat that. But by September... Mm, depending on which state you're in, uh, we, we started hitting these high points, these uh, high 70s, and then moved on 80s and 90s in terms of vaccination rate. Um, firstly, tell me uh, how that affected, how, how that impacted on surgery in that you know, sort of that immediate point of not so much lockdowns being lifted, but, but having those really high vaccine rates coming into the community. Did it slow down? Uh, was there a release of pressure, a release of anxiety?
1: Um, to an extent, not really. Like, I mean, look, look. Initially, it was it was great to see the roll. It was great to see the vaccine rolling out, and it certainly helped. But um, what I what I know initially was, and to the best of my knowledge, I know that um, I believe the hospital us, particularly the legal people, were incredibly gun shy about the idea of cross contamination, about the idea of someone coming in for surgery. That was unrelated you know you know you know someone who's been vaxxed or someone who's been vaxxed or was in the process of getting vaxxed coming in for surgery catching COVID off someone who was within the hospital and then you know having some you know then having you know either you know complications you know leading up to you know their own death i know that you know from a medical legal standpoint they were incredibly gun shy about that because if i think you still can i think you can still because i know at the time you know, you can still kind of trace it back and go, okay, I got it off this person and this person. And if there, and if that was in any way provable, yeah, the, the payout then would have been just astronomical. So I know that, that for us, the, you know, they were definitely afraid of that. Um, yes. Turnaround time on testing, it was more the big thing that helped us out. But again, we, we just sort of, you know, and they started you know opening things up again. You started being able to get, you know, sort of hip replacements and whatnot. And so we just sort of had this, this incredible backlog so that it was... Okay, the, the the you know, you know you've, we've had our little period of of um of, uh, of, of lull. Now it's time to get back in there, guys. And we're like, thank you, higher ups who are zooming in from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was no, no, that was a, that was well, a well, wonderful moment well, well, where we where we all get told to knuckle down and and, and get yeah. back to work.
0: While I'm patting my, while I'm my dog.
1: A, yeah, yeah, on a on a on a Zoom call from a healthcare executive <laughs> who's clearly at home in a hoodie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So yeah, that was a, that was a wonderful moment. We loved him.
0: So we're getting to the point, rather obviously, as as how um you would have to deal with people who refuse to vaccinate
1: oh boy so if this okay so this did not happen that often this you know there wasn't millions of people outside refusing the vax there was a couple now and there was well, there was one in particular they are not going to be named they are a prominent i had i had the the pleasure of encountering a prominent social media cooker um, and this individual needed full on anti-vaxer, full anti vaxxer and like like a noted figure within sort of the the, the freedom movement. All right, given um, to bizarre, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. given to bizarre statements about
0: the vaccine and
1: and the, and the shape of the earth. Yeah, one of those. Right. Um, and and this individual needed surgery, and so and uh i i um because i've been quote unquote cooker watching sort of about midway through I, this is where i just sort of discovered that there was this whole subset of people on twitch who were watching um and so i, I knew who a bunch of the prominent figures were in actual fact I, I one time i actually did put uh because of the joys of chromecast i was able to put uh, their stream on up in a, in a tea room television and so we were all sitting there laughing along. um there's a clip in particular that i've got it's just me filming of it where um this one i don't know if she's this one deregistered nurse this lunatic stood up at one of the big melbourne rallies and was like you know she's saying and now because of covid operating theater staff are having to work seven days a week and sometimes till 3am and you're like that was happening anyway <laughs> just that was happening pre-covid that happens we, we work all night yeah. if that's what needs to happen we don't that's right. we don't say to people oh you've had a major heart attack sorry. i'm sorry we're gonna Come we have to leave you outside to
0: bleed out uh, yeah, yeah. because and, we're going home. and
1: then they, yeah. they were sitting there saying and saying doctors are deciding you know you know whose surgery goes ahead and who doesn't and i'm like We've had a category system forever. It's, that's just how that works. You and just it's don't... really
0: important to, it, to to get that across too, to to yeah, yeah. yeah. our, our audience. Like, no, understand these processes. But if someone presents to a hospital uh, either unvaccinated or refusing to vaccinate um, um, based on some bizarre principle <laughs> that the, or theory that they hold you're going to have to operate on them anyway. Oh, so yeah, we, so we have a
1: universal healthcare system, mate. If you're bleeding the fuck out, we are right. going to step in and, and help you. It doesn't and, matter and who it's you right, are. Okay? You
0: know? We're not going to disagree about, about yeah, having yeah. a universal healthcare system, but it does lead to this bizarre situation where someone who's refused to vaccinate, hanging around with other people who refuse to vaccinate, by the way, in public protests and so forth, where they are likely to have COVID, Or to have had, or be, or be transmissible uh, with COVID, and what procedures were followed when you had to operate on some of these people, and you're talking about one in
1: particular. Um, Well, for for on on my pointy end of it, so what we had to do was, so I was actually on night shift, um, so on uh, the the night shift before that, this individual was coming in. Uh, So what I had to do was, we were told, yeah, we were going to make an airlock up the fire escape. Which we did, so we, we we got out, you know, meters and meters of of, of plastic tarp, and we mm. locked off all that area. It just so happened to be going past an equipment storage room, so at three o'clock in the morning, I had to drag what I think is literally seven tons. Now it's it's on wheels, I can move it around, right? But at three o'clock in the morning, I had to move literally seven tons of equipment. So I think at that point, that was a that was a specialized traction table designed for hips i had to move that all by myself plus a bunch of other you know in sundries out of that room so we could line that with plastic so this one individual could walk up you know so we could bring them into the hospital via the back stairs into the operating suite then into their specialized room which again is already covered in plastic so that we could get this relatively straightforward procedure done now what i've then been able to work out from talking to my colleagues because this individual was so ill they had to because they were looking to do to do a couple of things i can't go i'm not going to specific details no. they had to abandon because this person's health was well, not so much abandoned they did half the operation they were That's going fine. to do it was, it was going to be more of an extensive operation but then the anaesthetist sat there and said this person is so ill i don't think we're going to be able to continue on to do the other part because right. there's a very real possibility, you know, they yes. make quite a... Risk assessed, th- yes. Yeah, the the, the, the the shorthand we use is drop the bundle, but, you know, you know right. it's, no, no, crash and potentially have, you know, hmm. potentially have a, a heart attack or something halfway through the operation. So they abandoned halfway through. I know this individual, you know, so was then, then you know, we got them, uh, we recovered them in the room. We then got them up to the ward where they then proceeded to start live streaming the whole event claimed that we were all yeah yeah <laughs> oh my cleared, Lord. I I will send you the link if you really want because it's still there um, I <laughs> you know then proceeded to trash talk all of us tell us how we how we gave them the jab while they were under we didn't and as far as I know through things at the ner- threw, you know through things at the nursing staff the particular hospital that I worked at actually has a doesn't have a do not operate doesn't have a, a do not admit policy. There's a couple of the other larger ones. If you are a particular trash human, they will give you a do not attend policy, where right. you know. I mean, I mean, obviously, if you're once again, if you're bleeding out, they'll operate on you or right. they'll provide care. But if you just kind of front up, you know, it's like ah, no, you're on a list. You know, you punched a nurse out right yeah. the particular institution that so i was in doesn't be. have that list because they're nominally a religious organization so you know it's, it's one of those things where it's just it's a public health thing but it's backed by a church
0: anyone is welcome yeah
1: anyone is so regardless
0: so, 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 of how bad your behaviour is but yeah so there's there's
1: there's 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 certain things which i don't do, but yeah so this individual will still be treated there and i believe it's probably the only one they can be treated at
0: so so after what lo- lo- feeding his partial recovery he was returned to surgery and and his procedure was conducted positively one presumes because we, we without getting into the name of the character we know he's still around
1: yeah yeah, still still walking the streets still, still still attending major freedom rallies so we're like you're welcome mate and again it's it's this 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 <laughs> then becomes the this then becomes you, that whole welcome. thing you're welcome yeah. Well, this then becomes that whole thing that a lot of us rage against ever so slightly. Seven
0: tonnes of gear being shifted around.
1: I had to move uh, seven tonnes of gear. Airlocks being
0: created.
1: Created a full airlock. And, and also we can then start talking about, look, in terms of the general cost, not so much in money, but in terms of the waste that we then produced because, you know, That's you know,
0: what I'm getting Very, at, very so. thick
1: airlock quality tarp or, you know, that sort of, you know, yeah. that stuff's not necessarily cheap. So we just produced probably... If you can imagine those very large bags you know those very large black oh in this case they were they were um yellow bags so it's all, it's all yeah. surgical stuff so the yellow yep. bags don't go to landfill they get incinerated and yep. and the cost of that is in weight so we probably generated oh maybe two tons of waste which then had to be incinerated so it's in the atmosphere, you're breathing that in. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Mother Nature takes one for the team. <laughs> Yet again, thank you, cookies. The circle
0: of life. Look, it's not your job to know this, and it's and I don't know this, but we could we could just quietly muse on the dollar figure involved in giving this guy life changing surgery, life saving surgery in fact, um, and it would rack up literally into the thousands and we could go a bit beyond
1: that probably. Well, well, we know for a fact that keeping an operating theatre working with nobody in it is $10,000 an hour. So if you go with the idea of this individual had had the goddamn jab, the surgery that they would have had, well, you you know, the surgery that they would have had probably would have been maybe an hour, hour and a half. So baseline,
0: you know, baseline 20,000.
1: Baseline 20,000, you know. And then baseline the rest. 20, and, then, and then the rest, depending on what mm. we were doing and what consumables we were using. Mm. Um, ultimately, you know, shutting that down and putting all these things down, rack that up to another six, recovering him in the room, rack that up to another six or seven. Yeah, yep. actually, going off the top of my head from what I recall, the entire theatre was booked out for the entire morning, so they didn't get that back up and, up and running until... One thirty in the afternoon, so that's a whole other maybe. Yeah, that, that's six hours we get, on, what, we, on what would have been maybe two, and then you could perform other surgeries. We're after. getting into
0: some big numbers.
1: We're getting into some very big numbers there, and mm. that's sort of what just happens. And then, look, I mean, then you can ultimately, I and mean, if you want to go go down that road, you know, beyond just the general human cost, you know, keeping a human being in ICU <laughs> just isn't <laughs> that. And and this was this was something which which I do kind of want to touch on because for a while there, yeah, look, a good chunk of the population was jabbed. And to, to the rest of to, to the vast majority of the population things were back to normal. But we were in the middle of a COVID spike. This was around the time of we can put a time on it, because this is, this was something that really did affect me. I may get a little emotional here. Where this was around the time of the kill the bill vigil. That was happening right. on on the steps of Parliament.
0: So November 2021.
1: Thank you very much. I would need to have looked that up. You know, um, and and at the time I was reallocated to to uh, COVID ICU. You know, the they, they, the call had gone out. They said, look, look, we need essentially we need runners. We need people who are in the who are going to be you know fully donned in the in COVID ICU because we need help. Essentially moving things around, you know, yes. you, know, no, you know, non-nursing support role, what would normally be called a patient services assistant role. Um, and I put my hand up, volunteered to do that. because At the time, I was single and I was living alone. So if I'd, and again, you know, if I'd, if I'd caught it, I was, at that point I was, I, was, I think, double-backed. Um, and if I'd caught it, it'd be like, ah, oh, I'm going to have a rough week. But I didn't, I wasn't living with, say, you know, a, a newborn baby. Or, or in my case, or or an elderly mother who, you know who's yeah. who's got yeah. other complications. So I went no no I'll be I'll 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 be first in the door on that. Um, and this, this thing was everyone was like yeah it's all it's all over now or we can go back to our lives. But we were in the middle of a COVID spike, and we had people were still intubated and people were still dying. And yeah, there was there was one incident which I was I feel like I was I was privileged to have seen or privileged to have been there for. Excuse me. But I did see a woman and um, she, we helped her don and doff. She came in and she was there to say goodbye to her husband as he passed. And so that was still going on. And then I, I, I got the the joy of having to see that, having to, you know, usher her out the door. And he expired, I think, probably about 45 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And I got to, I, I helped load him into into the transport trolley. And took him downstairs, you know, took him down to the morgue. And then, you know, my shift was over. I I, you know, I decontaminated and I got to walk past the the party that they were having <laughs> outside oh, in, uh, uh, yeah.
0: outside the parliament there.
1: Yeah, and I I I didn't engage. I really wanted to scream at them. Yeah. Uh, I I kept on walking. I ended up getting halfway down Burke Street and I just I started crying, man, because Again, you, you've got people out there who are arguing that you know it's the the analogy is they say tigers not real and if they were real yeah. they're just big cats and here I am working the tiger injury ward and a guy's just been eaten by a tiger <laughs> and yeah I, I don't I don't have enough middle fingers for a lot of these people there's there's a lot of these protests it, it happened once actually um, I, I live I live uh, very close to the center of Melbourne uh, at the time COVID rates uh, COVID rents in the middle of the city were amazing. They're rapidly disappearing, so I'm probably going to have to move out at some juncture. But um, so a, a lot of the big, and they're still walking, they're still running still around doing in circles, doing it. It. still doing it. I I need to make sure I'm not on the street when that happens because it, it only ever happened the once I was out with my family.
0: You might be, you might be, you might uh, be <laughs> uh, obliged to uh, to uh, to engage.
1: Oh, uh, I don't have enough middle fingers, but yeah. But no, no, we had this incident where I was out with my family. We had we had masks on. And somebody just sitting there went, "Mate, COVID's not real." And in all honesty, my, the next thing I remember is I remember my brother pulling me off him. So I, pull, I say pulling pull me away from him. I didn't throw a punch at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm sitting there yelling at him with tears in my eyes. And yeah, I think the the big one was he said, "You know," I said, "You don't understand what the what the fuck you're doing." You know, I fucking work healthcare. I know what someone's like when the, I know it sounds like when someone dies of COVID. And as I'm walking away this guy said to me, you know, I'm sorry for your lost brother. And I just had this this incredible moment where I've just turned and screamed at him, you are not my fucking brother. <laughs> and then the rest of the family were like, are you all right, mate? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I guess. But well, yeah, fact, man.
0: So. The fact of the matter is a lot of these people, through, due to their behaviour, had experience of COVID that, Perhaps the rest of the population didn't have. I mean, and a lot of them were doing dealing with an ignorance and denial and and so forth. But I, I do recall around those protest periods, virtually every one of these live streams had what Joel calls a spicy cough, um, <laughs> and and these sort of hacking groups well, of people. And and
1: also, mate, I can I, yeah, but I, I sort of I sort of know where you're going on that one, and it was just like. These people have blood on their hands, mate. Like I, like okay, look, uh-huh. I, I've, I have spoken to nurses IC-
0: most certainly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I have spoken to ICU nurses who know people who ended up in the ICU, ended up intubated and died, who attended the rallies. You know, you sit there, you see people sitting there having spicy coughs, and they've been able to say yeah you know i um i went to the rally particularly the one that ended up at the war memorial where people were urinating on it and then the police yep. broke that up that one in particular they attended they recalled not feeling great two days later and then needing to go to you know and then you know ended up getting an ambulance called for them being taken you know to to hospital and then being you know being told you have COVID. it's like i can't have COVID. COVID's not real and yeah. you know, well, it's like, well, okay, this non existent virus is shut down. Look around you. This yeah. non existent virus has shut down your lungs, so we're gonna to have to intubate you. I hope you survived. And then they didn't.
0: At least it shuts them up. Um <sighs> yeah, I intubation suppose. is going to shut them up.
1: It will. Uh, but, uh, on, mate. Um, look,
0: just quickly what is it like to work in in a protest area? Because you will have been, you will have worked in a place you know walking past with your uniform on with your uh, with your uh, with your ID tag on and, and walking past a group of protesters who are claiming uh, COVID doesn't exist etc. Well, that's, that's um, without,
1: uh, without naming sites that's now happened to me twice. Right. Um, so uh, look, initially we were told um, we were told for that initial bat we were told uniform policy is now not so you so we could we could show up to work depending on what zone we were working in we were either told we could either show up you know we could de-uniform a little bit which meant you had nurses running around in not so much hospital branded scrubs but they could show up in non-branded scrubs and you know because if if you kind of put a hoodie or a jacket over it you just kind of look like you know oh you could just be someone who's out and about. You know what well, I mean? It,
0: it, it must it must contribute to anxiety, not perhaps oh, if absolutely. you, absolutely, But, but, but <laughs> the, 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 the workforce generally, nurses and so forth. When we you know, you know, we've we've moved into a fairly strange time when when nurses are being abused. Um, oh, yeah, and you just know, entering and starting their shifts. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that that was that, and that was definitely going on. The the mm-hmm. the belief from a certain someone that they were nowhere near the front entrance. You were near the front entrance. observe the Observe the photo. <laughs> you know, particularly during Indeed. a particular recent protest, and yeah, that I mean, that certainly had its and that certainly had its anxieties on it. I, I know for a fact, yeah, the security on on those particular days. I know for a fact, security was beefed up, um, and I know that there was instructions put out. We had, I believe, that there was helpers put out to to, to direct people into the hospital in in such a way that. They wouldn't walk past, you know, the protest that was right. happening on those particular days. So it was, their influence was minimized, or you know, or, or we, we, we 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 harm minimized as much as we could, and we just kind of hoped that it wouldn't it wouldn't continue. And gladly, it didn't. It wasn't sort of this regular grind that we had to put up with, because you know. They're butterflies, and they don't focus on one issue. They've moved on to other things, and yes, now, as I said, I'm sure yeah, there's you, I'm been sure, a fair
0: amount of moving on.
1: I'm sure, um, I'm sure you and Joel are going to comment on that because now it, it does seem like a bunch of the big ones have now pivoted to the, the, to, the to the great societal problem that is trans people existing, well,
0: and and general amidst general homophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> there is one case, and look, it's pending, uh, pending assessment or pending determination by VCAT at the moment and that is a heart uh, a heart, lung or heart transplant, uh, a person who needs one at least, but has been excluded from the list. Now, my understanding is that, it, that, and, and I've written about this, so I know a fair bit about it, it's, it's not the Alfred's call, it is a call essentially of, of a committee of cardiothoracic surgeons and cardiologists who have determined that she doesn't meet the requirements in particular that she is not vaccinated for COVID. Uh, As the VCAT hearing rolled out, it transpired that uh, she has also not been vaccinated for influenza, uh, which is another one of those things. Uh, And and we might briefly go through the list of of things. I mean, you couldn't, you know, be a smoker, for example. Um, uh, You couldn't be a heavy user of alcohol. I'm sure you're not told to be a teetotaler, but it would probably be advisable, but you, but you are certainly not going to be on that heart transplant list, list if you're a heavy drinker. Um, and, and there are a range of vaccines that you must have. I think influenza is one, and there are, uh, there are others as well, including COVID. And this was, as, as you know, this was greeted with some really appalling reporting uh, initially on, uh, on, on, on one of the breakfast uh, television programs. Uh, saying that this woman had essentially been dudded because she'd refused to vaccinate. Uh, it turns out she's not applicable, at least on, uh, um, at least on other vaccine requirements. Um, <clears throat> but that caused a mess outside one particular hospital. Um, you, you know, what are your views on this? I mean, you've been involved, you've been present on the ground when transplants have occurred. Um, Firstly, tell us what procedures. I mean, my understanding is that pharmacologically, people's um, uh, recipients, uh, their um, their immune systems are basically shut down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, look again, it's it's this. Yeah, look, it's, the short answer is it's a reason why I drink. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just this whole. You know what I mean? Like, like. Well, like, we got. Uh, to, well, we got. We've got a reason. <laughs> well, no, but it's one of one of many. But it's it's one of these things where, like, if if people put you know, the smallest amount of thought into this. People like to think that it's it's the goddamn Operation Board Game where we literally just, you know, drop you in, you know, yeah. plug this in, plug this in, stitch mm. him up, he's good, out he goes, and that we have these things lying around, you know. Yeah, you know, th- endless th- th-
0: resources. We
1: have endless resources. These things are just lying, you know, these these. Are, um, these things are just lying yeah. you know, lying mm-hmm. around on
0: shelves. You've got yeah, you know, yeah, you've got because, them in Eskies. You've got yeah, a heart, yeah, yeah. You just, know, half a dozen hearts in an Eskie, just waiting. Exactly, to go.
1: you know. Because, okay, so look, look. Fundamentally, it's the whole thing of look. Even if this individual did qualify, she's not. They are not necessarily going to get one because. Hearts come in different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. and you need a very specific person to pass away in a very specific manner, mm. you know, because ultimately, you know, so so once you are brain dead, you, you know, your heart then, you know, um, your body then starts shutting down in a specific way. That puts pressure on multiple organs. So it went and... It, and <clears throat> Once you start, once you get brain dead, your body starts passing away in a specific way that puts pressure on specific organs, and we we essentially have a team waiting there for you to make a, make a particular threshold in a certain time frame, and if you don't, that organ becomes non viable. Mm. So you need a bunch of things to happen in a very particular way for for you to be you know for, for you to then get the phone call of get your ass down to the hospital. We may have a potential donor waiting for you.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, and even then, even if even if the surgery is successful, then it's this whole other process of once of once the organ is inside you and hooked up, it's then this kind of process of dialing your immune system down to the point where it doesn't immediately attack the organ, yes. and that in itself is can be incredibly dicey. We've had incidences mm. where surgery went fine but in the post-operative space of, of a couple of weeks the body attacked the organ we lost the organ and thus the person ended up ultimately dying mm-hmm. so there is just this massive, massive process that has to happen for that and so for the media to just kind of come at you know at Alfred Health and just go? No, we're just we're just being bastards. We're just going. No, yeah. no, you know, we're just we're just ideologically going against,
0: driven. We're nonsense, just ideologically driven. And we want to do but this. We've got all those hearts in you you know, yeah. out the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, all and all even,
1: even then, even then, I, I saw this this argument, you know, being made. And obviously, you know, stupid people are going to stupid. Yeah. But you know, this person say, "Well, just give her an unjabbed one." You know this this idea that you could have a choice of you could say, you know, you know, mm. I, I I need a heart and it needs to come from someone who hasn't had the jab, and you're like. Okay, that's that's just not going to happen. Not going we just, to happen. Statistically,
0: it just, almost statistically, statistically,
1: for a start. it just doesn't happen. It's it's almost like this idea of okay, this this might be a, this might be a slight jump down the rabbit hole. It's this idea of that organs, you know, you can literally rip them out of anyone and stick them in anyone else, and they'll last in an esky. Yeah. Once you get an organ out of a human being, it's viable for four to six hours. Yeah. You know, so you need to be in a general vicinity. A, a point that I like to raise with a lot of people, and, and you know, again, it's, it's this that harkens back to crazy conspiracy stuff. You know, they like to believe that there is an international black market for organs. Oh, that's right. And it that's, operates across the world. That's where all that child, child
0: child trafficking goes Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. This is,
1: this is, this is where all, all this child, you know, all this child trafficking is happening. And the point that I like to that, that I like to raise to people is Steve Jobs died of liver failure. You know, mm. brought on, brought on by, you know, by his pancreatic cancer.
0: One of the richest men in the world. The, you know, one of the, the richest time.
1: men in the world. Now, now he was able to use his vast fortune to juke the system as much as he could. So he was on the donor list in both California and Nevada. In order to be able to do that, he had a medical, you know, he had a medical um, transport. So a, a fully crewed up, you know, um, modified Learjet you know with you know with medical staff on standby at a cost to him of something like $60,000 a day ready to go for 3 years oh. all right so overall cost to him someone else can do the math i'm terrible Yeah. you lots. know but overall cost to him you know beyond $20 million right well 30 50 whatever you know he still died mm. Of liver failure because he died waiting. It was not one for him because Mm. the criteria just did not happen. Mm. If, you know, think about it. If there was a shady, insert racial minority, if there was a shady Russian man or a shady Chinese man Mm. who could make himself available and said, you know, Steve, for $1 billion, we can get you a liver. Mm. You you know, you just need to disappear, you know, we can get you a liver. It can be done. Steve Jobs would still be alive today. He had the resources to do that. Does not happen. It Mm. does not happen. It does not exist. I'm not saying there isn't some interesting dodgy shit that hasn't happened in the past. Well, there
0: clearly was in Jobs' case because he was able to, unlike most people, apply and be on a donors list in two states besides being a resident. Yeah, he was. And
1: also also it's, it's it's a beautiful question as why the fuck does Dick Cheney have a full heart and lung transplant, you know, at the age that he was, at the level of drinking that he was uh, up to? That's a very good point.
0: It is a very good question. And but. It, but... Don't don't get me started <laughs> yeah. on Darren Hinch's liver, by the way. But, oh, yeah, but we, can talk about, we
1: can talk about Darren Hinch's liver. <laughs> <at least. laughs> no, 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 we, 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 we
0: won't We'd we be because we are running out of time. We are but, running out of time. But, yeah, um, you
1: know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's, just, it's just people don't understand how it works. A simple Google search would reveal... You know that it, it's not that bloody simple people it's you know, not it, that
0: and simple and, and and the list yeah. as i understand it it runs to the thousands and i'm talking yep. specifically about heart transplants yes and on the very base google search base uh, 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 foundation which i looked at mm-hmm. you're averaging in victoria around 110 to 130 heart transplants a year
1: yes so, so that's a number that we have. It's a long, have.
0: long time to wait and a long time to obviously fail. And there are a number of, we, we would understand, it, it seems perfectly reasonable in a post-pandemic or a non-pandemic um, um, uh, atmosphere uh, that we would understand that there are certain medical or social um, um um, uh, measures that a that a patient would need to undertake in order to qualify for them you know including not smoking including being vaccinated I, I i fail to understand uh what the problem is there vcat will make a determination about all of that you may have watched some of the proceedings they were quite amusing but oh my i won't go yeah. i won't, um, won't go into that uh, other than to say <laughs> other than to say that uh, that the person representing um, the uh, uh, the transplant hopeful uh, was uh, was a person who had been refused uh, re- uh, refused to represent clients in Ncat and New South Wales. Um,
1: yeah, uh, if once parallel
0: um, uh, administrative affairs appeal area and um, and, and uh, but she was allowed to represent this particular person in Victoria
1: it's it's been good comedy um once once because uh, it is it is adjourned but once the BCAP proceedings pop up i know that they're being broadcast live i don't think they're allowed to be saved um but if so if, if you find yourself you know during the day able to watch one if it's if you ever get the chance to watch them i'd suggest doing so because when you get to see you know an actual expert versus a quack in a mm. properly moderated you know legal proceeding it, it's always it it, it, it it you know and they're not able to do what they normally do in the you know ridiculous internet spaces where they gish gallop or where they just kind of run over things and you know and, and use the, the other various different tactics so if you're able to watch those do so because there's been some of some amazing moments of well you're not an expert and I am that's inaccurate because da, 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 da. and then ah oh. yeah I
0: didn't it, know that. <laughs> it, 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 it is one of those areas we must, of course, wait for VCAT to hand down their findings. But um, it was, frankly, uh, a little bit concerning. I just want to say, John, thank you so much for your time today. No, no problem. It's really been an eye-opener, and I know it will be for our listeners. Just how hard you guys worked, the sense of doom and anxiety around you at times must have been overwhelming. Oh, yeah. And then you had to deal with idiots. Uh, mm. And... <laughs> And, and and driven idiots. This show takes a view that uh, we understand that some people might be anti-vaccine, but it's the influences we really despise, and we'd like to keep a very close eye on them. Oh, I you just... actually had contact with one of them who presented to the hospital for surgery. Cost the taxpayer? Well, we we sort of we got up to a very high figure just in an 000. estimate. And then had the fucking temerity to abuse you for it as well.
1: Well, there was there was there was one particular moment that I, that I just want to raise, I and mean, we we might we might leave listeners on this one. Um, so I was watching a Cooker stream, and it was your friend of mine, Darren Bergwerd, where right. someone someone you know um, uh, one of his one of his dupes, one of his followers, said, you know, has my place got the resources in place for emergency medicine. <laughs> and, you know, and then Bergwerk was like, uh, not yet, but we not, will. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yeah, quite you know, yet. But we will. So if you need emergency surgery <laughs> oh, or, you know, you need anything, I would still suggest going to a hospital, but don't go unless your leg's falling off or something. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, of course, just beside myself at this because this this little old woman who looks like, you know, oh, if, if you've got, if I've got a funny tickle in my chest. Yeah. But Darren said, I shouldn't go unless it's bad. And it's like, yeah, she's, uh, that's, again, that's, she's, that's
0: the cost of it. That's, that's the cost, cost of it. it. She
1: may well end up, you know, just dead on the floor because that bunny tickle may have been the beginnings of a heart attack. And, you know, but oh no, Darren said that, you know, it's, it's, we're all Freemasons and, and global elitists down here at the ER. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Look, these, there's, there's yeah. blood on these people's hands, and I just I just don't have enough. I said it before, I'll say <laughs> again. I do not have enough middle fingers for these people.
0: As I've always said, uh, <laughs> sooner or later every cult becomes a death cult. Yeah, and um, Good point. And, and, and there we are, John. Thank you so much for your time today. It's no problem. It's been great having you, and, uh, and 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 thank you for making yourself available.
1: Thanks a lot, Jack. It's thanks for what you do too. Cheers. Yeah, it's my job. Thanks, mate.
0: And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your hosts, Jack the Insider and Joel
2: Hill. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Moses with a K. Set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. Uh, Just search for Conditional Release Program shitposting. It's there. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it on social media. Find a way, even though Facebook sucks now, just put it on there. Your uncle might listen. We do have a Patreon. (laughs) We've mentioned it a million times. But we just keep on doing it because we hope that you'll help us keep this thing sustainable because it is bloody time-consuming. Yes, We've still got to pay the rent. It's very sad. So just if you can help get the lights on, that would be great because it is a lot of work. For as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, including a weekly premium episode, which we try and make worth your while. We put a bit of effort into it, you know? Yes, we
0: do. We're looking after our patrons. That's and funny. finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Even to tell us that our program saved your lives, but we can go and get fucked anyway. Oh,
2: for fuck's sake! Yeah, absolutely. Thanks listeners. Thanks, listeners. See you next time. See ya. Bye. I don't think I ever want to talk
0: to any of those people.
2: Fuck me! You guys are bastards.